You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. A brand new series entitled Called Out. And what we looked at is the, the phrase that we use very often here at Impact is being a Jesus follower. And we looked at what that actually looked like, some markers of that. And one of the markers for that was being with Jesus, just being with him, spending time with him. And then we saw that another marker of being a Jesus follower was becoming more like Jesus was actually changing our characteristics to match the characteristics of Jesus. And then the third point we saw, the third marker was, we began to do what Jesus did. We began to love people the way that Jesus loved people. We began to show grace the way that Jesus showed grace. And this morning, we're going to continue on, but what I want to do this morning is I want us to look at the type of people that Jesus really calls to follow after him. Because in our world, and our culture, what we're really good at is grouping people into different groups. We're good at saying, hey, well, here's this group over here. Here's this group over here. Here's this group over here. These people have a certain story and a certain life. And these people have a certain culture. And these people look a certain way. And these people have a certain amount of money. And these people have a certain type of job. And we just group people like crazy in our culture. So which group? does Jesus really love? Which group does Jesus really call to follow after him? And that's what I want us to look at this morning. We're going to be in Luke chapter 5 this morning. And we're going to see something that I think is profound. And what it does is it shatters the way that we think about things. It shatters the way that we view different types of people. Because I really want you to think about this. We really do group people in our minds a certain way. And if we're going to be honest and we're going to be open and we're going to be transparent this morning, then we would all say that, yeah, well, there's this group of people and there's this group of people. And we like to do that. So my question is, hey, if there's all these different groups of people, and I'm not saying that groups of people are bad. We see that in Scripture. We had the Jews. We had the Gentiles. There were different types of people. But what we do see is that Jesus doesn't really care about the groups. And we see that here in Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse 27. It says, After this he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, Follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his house, and there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at the table with him. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. God, I pray, Lord, that you speak through your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So number one is this. Jesus doesn't discriminate. Jesus doesn't discriminate. Here we have a tax collector who were hated people because what they did 
is they overcharged people taxes and whatever they charged the people had to pay so they were in partnership with the romans and the romans would always go with the highest bidder because whoever charged the most the romans would make more money then the tax collectors themselves would get rich so they were they were liars they were thieves people didn't really like them they were traitors if you will and Jesus walks by Levi, who is Matthew. We see in Matthew 9-9 that Levi is Matthew, so just keep that in your brain. That Jesus says, hey, follow me. I don't care that you're a liar, that you're a, a thief, or that you're an extortioner, or that you're a traitor. I'm saying, hey, I want you to follow after me. And this is profound to me because this is where... I was at one point in my life a sinner just like Levi but then we have religious people that say hey whoa wait a minute you're not supposed to be hanging out with those kind of people you're not supposed to be calling those people those aren't the kind of people that you really want following after you and Jesus says hey I know that y'all have grouped people in these groups but I don't discriminate I don't care what group this person is in. I don't care what group this person is in. And here's the encouraging part for us. That when Jesus called Levi to follow him, he was still in sin. He didn't say, hey, I want you to quit your job and I want you to kind of go meditate and fast for a couple weeks and I want you to get your life right and then you can come follow me. No, Jesus said, hey, right now, right where you are, in your sin, get up and follow me. Which tells us that, hey, we don't have to do the fixing before we begin to follow after Jesus. He does that part. And we've all been sinners. Amen? Amen, everybody? Okay, just making sure there were some people that, oh, I wanted to have a conversation after this to see how you didn't do it. But here's the point. Jesus doesn't discriminate based on the color of someone's skin, based on the amount of money that someone has, based on the past of someone, based on relationship status of someone, whether you have kids or you don't have kids, whether you have a job making $100,000, a job making $600,000, a job making $5,000, no job whatsoever. Jesus doesn't discriminate. He says, hey, follow me. Right where you are, in the middle of your circumstance, in the middle of your situation, in the middle of your sin, follow me. That's what he does. For each and every person, he says, follow me. The second thing that we see here is that Jesus wants a genuine relationship. He wants a genuine relationship with you. So not only does he call Levi to follow him. He doesn't just say, hey, I want you to follow me and I'm just going to keep going and good luck. I hope you make it. I hope you do a great job. I hope you can figure out what it means to, to be a Jesus follower. Good luck. I love you. See you later. That's not what he did. Levi threw him a feast. So here's Jesus eating with sinners. Living in community with someone he just called. 
Because he wants a genuine relationship with us. And I can't stress the importance of this enough. That Jesus isn't some, hey, follow after me and I'm going to dictate the rest of your days. And he, that's not the kind of leader he is. Man, we should allow him to dictate. Man, we want him to make all the decisions. But he gives us free will to make decisions. Because he loves us. But he doesn't leave us. He didn't leave Levi in the sin. Amen? Levi began to follow him. And Jesus says, hey, yeah, let's, let's throw a feast. Let's have community. Let's have a relationship. Let's be real and genuine and sincere. And I'm afraid that there's a lot of people that come to church every Sunday that don't have a genuine relationship with Jesus. It's just some kind of religion and tradition that happens for them. And Jesus doesn't want that type of relationship. He wants a genuine, intimate relationship with you because he cares about you. And in our life group that we, we get to do life with some amazing people and in my life group we've been going over Psalm 23 and everything about Jesus to me is summed up in that psalm. But it's a, it's a study by Matt Chandler. And Matt Chandler is the lead pastor of the Village Church in Texas. And he's just, he's a phenomenal Bible teacher. He has some crazy hand motions and stuff. But he's really good at teaching. And he just highlights the fact that Jesus says, hey, I am your shepherd. Which means that he cares about us because we are his sheep. And he wants to lead us, and he wants to guide us, and he wants to protect us. He wants that type of relationship with his followers. It's not just a, I'm going to rule over you, and man, I'm going to throw out all these commands, and this is, this is what you have to do, or I'm going to disown you. That's not the love of Christ. The love of Christ is, I want a genuine relationship with you. I want a sincere relationship with you. And you may ask yourself, well, how do I know if I have that sincere relationship? How do I know if I really have started to follow after Jesus? And I would encourage you to go back to last week and measure your relationship against those markers. Are you with Jesus? Are you spending time with him? Are you becoming more and more like him? Are you doing the things that he did. Are you loving the way that he loved? Are you showing grace the way that he showed grace? So we see from this passage that Jesus doesn't discriminate, that Jesus wants a genuine relationship, and then number three is this, Jesus meets you where you are. And we saw this a little in point one, but I want to, I really want to hone in on this, that Jesus meets you where you are. He didn't wait for Levi to come to him and say, hey, I, I want to follow you, Jesus. That's not what happened. Jesus met Levi where he was in his sin. And I think that the church, to a certain extent, has done a poor job of going out into the world because they're expecting the world to come in to them. And that's not our job. Our job isn't just to sit here and hope that people show up. And that's why our battle cry 
for this year is beyond the 52, that we're the church of God. We are his hands and his feet beyond the 52 weeks of the year, that we are going out into the city, out into the community to show God's love to the world. Because God wants to meet people where they are. He doesn't, he doesn't say, clean yourself up and come, come into the church building. Come, come search after me with everything that you are. No, God will meet people where they are. In, in the middle of sin, in the middle of addiction, in the middle of anger, in the middle of bitterness, in the middle of unforgiveness, in the middle of whatever you can think of, God will meet you right there to redeem you from that. And I told you last week we're going to get to hear some stories from some people here from some of our family at Impact. And you're going to see how God truly meets people where they are. And that's special for us. Because some of you in this room may be thinking, well, I'm not sure God can really meet me where I am. I don't think you really know where I am right now. And, and you're right, I don't know where you are. But I can guarantee you and I can promise you that God can meet you right in that spot. That he can meet you in the middle of the biggest heartache you've ever went through in your life. That he can meet you in the midst of the greatest struggle you've ever had in your life. And he doesn't say, hey, you need to fix this and then you can come follow me. That's not how he works. He says, hey, follow me and I'll help you fix this. Follow me and I'll help you do this. Yield to me and I will lead you And that's a special thing for us. To have a God that cares about us that much. A God that says, I'm willing to go and meet you right where you are. But we do have a response to this. So let's look at Levi's response. We see in verse 27, it says, After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And here's Levi's response in verse 28. And leaving everything, he rose. He left everything. So our response is this. We leave the old to become new. We leave the old to become new. So although Jesus meets us where we are, although he meets us in our struggle, he meets us in our pain, he meets us in our addiction, he, he meets us in the, the midst of our sin and rebellion, we have a response to that. Jesus is saying, hey, follow me. And our response is we have to leave the old to become new. We can't follow Jesus going the same direction that we were going. And I think that some of us, uh, we've attempted that. We've attempted to follow Jesus, but we still want to go this way. And that's really difficult. I'm willing to say it's impossible. 
It's impossible to follow Jesus if you're still going in that direction. He ain't. So here's the deal. Man, we serve a loving God, a Jesus who, who comes to us where we are. A Jesus who calls all people. We see in this passage that he calls sinners to repentance. And we've seen over the last month or so that that's all of us. Amen, that's all of us. We all need it. We've all sinned and fallen short. We were all at one time dead, and maybe some of us are alive now, but there's still some of us that may be dead, that need life. So Jesus came for all people, to call all people to follow after him. So maybe this morning as you sit here, you realize, hey, I've really never made that decision. That wasn't my response. My response wasn't really to leave the old to become new. It was, man, I'm glad that I'm going to heaven now because I have a relationship with Jesus and my life is still going to stay the same and I'm still going to chase after this and I'm really not going to chase after Jesus because I don't even know what that looks like. Nobody really explained that part to me. They just said, hey, if you say this prayer, you're not going to hell. That's what I wanted. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. The truth is, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you spend eternity in hell. That's the truth. But I want you to know there's more to, there's more to following Jesus than saying a little prayer. And in the Bible belt, in the Bible belt, the South, that's, that's kind of where we, we kind of miss the mark a lot. They say, hey, you better accept Jesus or, or you're going to go to hell. And then we scare these people into a relationship with God and that's it. There's no discipleship. There's no teaching people what it really means to follow Jesus. We just wanted them to say a prayer because we get to mark it in a book. We get to send the book to the state. And then our church looks really good because we had some conversions and we had some baptisms and praise God. And lives are not being changed. Because nobody's becoming a follower of Jesus. We want a church full of people following after Jesus. So that when we go into the city, the city sees, hey, look at these people. They're following after something. And this is amazing. This is something I want in my life. And we get to share with them the love of God. We get to say, hey, I know that this may look different, but it's because I'm chasing after Jesus. It's because I'm following Jesus is because I made the decision to leave the old and become new. Man, that's, that's what it's about. That's Christianity. That's being a Jesus follower. That's being a disciple. It's saying, hey, you know what? I'm done with the old. I'm chasing after Jesus. Now, it doesn't mean you're not going to struggle with the old. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have some... some some mess-ups and some failures doesn't mean that. It means that your focus is no longer on the past. It means that your focus is now on Jesus. See, we can't move forward if our focus is what's on behind. So the only way to move forward is to focus forward. And I know that's simple 
Man, but sometimes simple can change our lives. Sometimes simple can really just drastically help us to think of things in a different way. So let me, let me say this to you. You cannot continue to move forward if you're focused on what's behind. You have to keep your eyes on Jesus. Be with him. Be with him. A genuine relationship is what he wants. This morning, man, I, I just want to close with, with some truth for you this morning. Is that every single person in this room has a story. And I don't know what your story is. I don't know how crazy your story is. I don't know how wild your story is. I don't know how calm your story is. But here's the thing. It doesn't really matter about the size story that you have. Because the truth is that everyone has the same story. That everyone was born into sin. That everyone fell short of God's glory. That everyone needed a Savior to rescue them. And that Jesus died for everyone. That's the story. Now, yeah, everybody has a little more detail in their story, and, and it's nice to hear those things. And again, we're going to get to hear some of that. But the, the bottom line is, everybody's story is, hey, we were sinners. We needed a Savior. Jesus did everything necessary for our salvation. What's our response to that? Some of us can say, hey, my response was, I want to follow after Jesus. I'm leaving the old, and I want to become new. Some of us, our response was, I'm not real sure I even need a Savior. I know I'm not the greatest person, but I'm not that bad. Some of us, maybe our response was, I'm not sure that God could ever love me because of the things that I've done, the things that I've thought. And maybe some of us, our response was, I just don't want my life to change. I'm kind of satisfied and comfortable and happy with the way I'm living life and I don't necessarily think that I need to follow Jesus to change. But I want you to know something this morning. That for those of you who think that you're just not that bad and you didn't need a Savior, that you do. That you do need one. We all need one. For those of you who think that, man, God just, he could never love me because of the things that I've done, because of my past. I want you to know that he loves you anyway. I want you to know that your past doesn't define you. And that God can meet you right where you are this morning. And for those of you who just don't really want to follow Jesus because you know that your life is going to change and you're enjoying life, you're loving life right now and you're not really following him so you don't want to lose that joy. I want you to know this morning that temporal satisfaction is not worth eternal separation from God. That sin is, man, it's enticing and it's attractive and it does satisfy for a season. 
sometimes. But it will dwindle away. And it will cause chaos and destruction in your life. But more important than any of that, it separates you from Almighty God, from a Savior who loves you and wants you to take you out of that situation. So this morning, there's groups of people in this room. There's a group that says, hey, I've already followed after Jesus. And there's a group that says, hey, I know about him, but I've never made the decision to follow him. And God loves both groups the same. There's some people in this room that have made the decision to follow Jesus, but they haven't really taken the steps to be the follower that he wants them to be. Again, we say this every week, but everyone has a next step to take. I don't know what yours is. But this is what I do know, that we can take those steps together. Because guess what? Even your pastor has a next step to take. And I don't want to take it by myself. So I want to take my steps of faith with you guys. And I want you guys to take your steps of faith with each other. That's what community is about. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.